Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub, and I am journeying through seltzers, but I'm taking a little bit of a switch up because today was a fun little switch up. As we welcome the Buff and Shine crew onto the Community Pub, we've got Julio, we've got Justin, we've got Kyle, we got Mark, we got, uh, who else we got? Uh... Miami Lux, what's going on, man? I, I got to get that camera. You and Mark got your dark cameras up. It's hard to see. Uh, you can find Buff and Shine on most social platforms at Buff, spell it out, A-N-D, Shine, M-F-G. You can find them on uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, or just go straight to their website, buffandshine.com. And uh, I'm excited to have everybody on. Earlier, we... Uh, we had a fun little episode with Justin and the Reflection Artist Live podcast. So, Justin, good to see you back on. Uh, Justin, what are you drinking tonight? Are you sipping on anything? Yen Lang. Oh, yeah. It's always, that's kind of your favorite beer, right? As you've always come on to the episodes, you've always been drinking Yingling, no doubt. It's simple, it's easy. So in my little seltzer journey, uh, I took a little pit stop because um, I bought some of this cruising cruising or whatever, I guess it is, cruising strawberry rum because my mom turned 78 this past weekend and her, her request for me was to make her a strawberry daiquiri. So I was like, all right, mom, I'll make you a daiquiri. And I had some of this rum here and I had, uh, had some LaCroix and I went, hmm, seltzer water flavored rum. And sure enough, uh, three of them later, I was like, all right, that's what I'm drinking on the pub. I mean, it's it's delicious. Kyle, are you drinking anything tonight? Yeah, just drinking water, bro. I just got back from working out in the sun, so I'm rehydrating. Yeah, I feel you. We, uh, we've got Dave that hops on. He drinks water a lot. We got Alex that hops on. He's always a water guy. It It, it is what it is. Beer has water, too. That's why I rehydrate with beer. There you go. <laughs> When you drink, do you normally uh, enjoy beer? Or what do you like? No, I don't drink. I really, sometimes I have soda, but I pretty much drink water most of the time. Okay. I don't drink milk. I don't drink a lot of soda sometimes, but I never fun. really have. And I'm still a big boy, so that's part of my problem. That's why I drink the water. Yeah. Mark, what about you? Do you drink anything tonight? maybe there we go i think mark there he is Nah, i'm not drinking I, i'm on duty in the morning so I'm, I'm laying low all right what do you normally like to drink when you drink i'm a mm, i'll probably say i don't know i got a lot of different favorites oh my Tennessee, word uh i got a lot of different things i like Okay, give us one. What's one thing that you like? My favorite is Jameson and ginger ale. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. 
Jameson and Ginger Ale. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I want to get into all the new stuff that I'm sure you guys always are coming out with something. I want to get into the pads and as we'll have different uh, people hop onto the pub, we'll open it up to the community. We'll allow everybody to, you know, interact and digest and, you know, see what's going on with Buff and Shine. But I wanted to ask a couple of questions before we get started. Um, and one of them is kind of, it's the cycle of pads and Julio, I'd really love for you to hop in, Justin, anybody that that's been around and, you know, I know Mark's been around for a bit, Kyle, I'm sure, uh, you you've used, and a lot of people have used wool pads, right? 10, 15 years ago, if you're going to cut paint, that's all you're going to cut paint with is wool, right? Uh -uh. Um, and then there was a journey as the dual action polishers came out, foam pads, developed into the major way that you began to use a dual action polisher then which was really cool one of the, the the pads that you guys kind of put your stamp on was that microfiber pad and that was a really cool pad and then it progressed into then a microfiber and it kind of was a blended and now there seems to be a massive push back to wool pads so i'd really like your guys take on it you know julio i'd, I'd love to hear from you as a company, how you guys have journeyed through this cycle, wool, foam, hybrid, back to wool. Um, can you walk us through what you guys have done as a company? Yeah, I'll try. I'm driving right now, so I'm trying to listen and think at the same time. So apologies. <clears throat> I'm almost home. I'm about 30 minutes away. But, uh, you know, the, the, the pad technology, I mean, is dictated by the polish, polisher companies in the market, I mean, for forever, I mean, since Richard started in the in the eighties, I mean, there was just you know grinders and high speed polishers, you know. Um, then foam was introduced, I think in the in the mid eighties, but it came from like filtration foam, and um, it slowly evolved. But um, then I think one of the first companies was maybe Porter Cable or. I forget what company it was about bringing an orbital. So you needed smaller pads. And that's, you know, where foam started to come in. And then I'm just doing this really quickly. But um, the big one was, you know, Rupes, I think it was in 2014. I forget when it was. I was actually at Auto Mechanica, Germany. And that's where they launched the Bigfoot system. And we were just looking at it like, what is this? And you know, after that, it just kind of took off, but dictated the market when it when it comes to buffing pads, because they kind of changed the game. And you have to design pads around what what's being marketed out there with tools. Otherwise, you're just going to get left behind. Um, but it, it, it cycles, like you said, the pads used to be huge. Then they got smaller and smaller and smaller because of the backing plates. But now they're getting bigger again because everybody's like, I guess... Um, getting well-rounded on an on a, on a, on a orbital. So now they need something a little bit more aggressive and they're just, they're looking back into wool. Cause I mean, you can only do so many things with foam and then, you know, microfiber is more abrasive and then you get, then, then you can do a lot more things with wool, but um, it's not as easy as you think. Um, hold on a second. Give me a second. Yeah, no problem. Uh, while you're doing that, let me jump over to Justin. You know, Justin, I know you, uh, you were a big pusher of uh, 
of the microfiber pad, if I remember correctly, is, is, is a main thing that you really talked about years ago. What was it that you really loved about, you know, foam to the microfiber pad? You're talking about as far as like the integration, the backing? Just the use interface? a user inside your shop. Oh, oh, oh. Um, you know, we, we, we do both. It all depends on what the paint system is asking for when we're running our test spots. But really what would turn me on to that microfiber pad, not only because it was cosmetically different, physically different, it performed, you know, completely different. And it, the thing about that was it allows you to be very universal with cutting and finishing. And uh, that's why I stood behind it. And I still do in regards to the performance of it. But obviously, we have such a variety to play with. And as any other detailer, you get that that where you fall in love with this pad for a certain period of time, then that pad for a certain period of time. And, you know, but between the foam setup, that's why I, you know, or we, I should say, as a team had come up with that reflection artist pad kit because it was just a matter of if I was going to go basically fiber base or microfiber to say, sometimes I'd have to come back and finish with foam. It was just the nature of the difference in material. But, it's, you know, it's, it all depends on that direction of what we're trying to achieve and the test spot, you know, is really what makes a difference for us for uh, figuring out microfiber at Warfo. But I have a love for both sides. Um, and then as that, uh, th wasn't there a blended that came out that was a microfiber wool blend or something? Was, was that that black pad? Correct. Yeah, yeah. The, the Euro wool blend pad. Yeah, that uh, has two, two different grades of wool fibers and it also obviously be in different colors it gives it that gray but it's has better finishing capabilities now julio could probably go more in into the specs of the pad and all that um i could tell you about the performance of it so, yeah please so do tell us about the performance and i'll hop back over to uh julio for the uh, specs yeah so as far as that pad it's you know you could use it on a rotary a long throw a gear driven a standard da the versatility of it is just that, you know, obviously the more aggressive the machine, the, the higher the power that you turn it up, you're going to get more cut out of it. But it cuts so well, but finishes so good in regards to maybe our just Euro wool white that is super aggressive. It has some finishing capabilities, but nowhere near what the blend has. And that's where the blend picks up where that one leaves off. And or if you're dealing with soft paints, GM Black, your favorite. <laughs> you know, just finicky paints in general, instead of going in and grinding away, it gives you the opportunity to still grind, but not compromise the finish that'll be left behind for you. Okay, cool. Uh, before we hop over to um, Julio, Mark, uh, you got anything to add on that? Where'd... Mark, Mark is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Mark will get back to us in five minutes. All right, I'm here. Hey, there we um, go. No, I mean, I mean, really piggyback on what Justin said. Um, you know, the good thing about the pad is, you know, it leaves a, it gives you a finish to where uh, it's not compromising the paint so much to where you're moving into a three-step correction or spending uh, time to uh, get the finish that you're looking for. You can just usually you're either going to one step or you're going to follow it up with a nice finishing pad and uh, move into whatever type of protection you want. So. Okay. All right. William, uh, I want to bounce over and ask you, first of all, apologies. You're probably having a nice smoke and enjoying a, something to drink. What are you sipping on tonight? 
Sweet baby Jesus. Um, Justin actually turned me on to this at his fourth um, filling station. And I've been drinking it ever since. So is that from 420? Uh no, Duplock. Okay. Yeah, and it All goes right. great with a cigar. So what what cigar are you smoking? My father's cigar. Is that a brand or like it's actually your dad's? Well, it's, it's a brand. It's a brand. <laughs> the, the, the actual name of the cigar, I'll try to pronounce it, but I'll probably sound retarded. So I'd rather not. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, you know, down in Miami, I was like, hey, who knows, right? Like maybe your dad's rolling cigars down there. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> hey, I you wish. find some good ones, though. No doubt. Uh, all right. So, yeah. William, uh, in your shop and what you do through Miami Lux, you know, what? What's your take on the blend from uh, microfiber and, and that, that new blend pad and then where we're at going back to wool? Well, honestly, I use um, either if I'm going to come to use wool. Um, I do use the microfiber, not as much. I usually switch in between the blueberry and the maroon foam pad. But that's really just my go-to there. I try not to get into, you know, I'll do full paint corrections, but it, it really depends if the customer base wants to pay for it or not. So it's not really my... There. Okay, Kyle. What about you? You know, I I love using the the Euro wool or a lot the white lamb's wool. Um, I tend to go to it, um, but when I'm trying to be uh, less aggressive, I'll always do my test spot with uh, the black blended wool first because I want to see maybe it's going to pull it out and I don't have to do as many steps. Um, so like, like Justin said earlier about test spots, um, that is just a versatile pad that can give me some cut and I can finish with, depending on the paint system, uh, or just making it a two-step instead of a three-step. Uh, obviously, pairing the compound with it, um, but I find, you know, I do a lot of RVs and some manufacturers, I got to go, you know, to a euro wool because it needs a heavier cut um and some of them are so delicate you know they'll towel scratch like gm paint so we'll we'll stay with the lighter cut but i like wool i tend to find myself gravitating just like justin said earlier about our favorite pads i gravitate to wool more than i do microfiber but i have plenty of microfiber because every once in a while you know it's what's your prep like trip. why what is it that you enjoy about the wool versus microfiber? Um, I, I like how I like to clean it. Um, it's easier for me to brush it out. I like the lamb's wool. It works well with the, the Flex 3401. And um, I, I kind of really like the edge a lot. You know how wool tends to roll over the edge and kind of protects whatever you may get near. Um, where the microfiber has a hard edge and, um, you know, a long time ago, I may have made a mistake and got <laughs> close to something. So maybe I, I have some, some trauma there. Um, but I, I really like how that, how that rolls over. Yeah, good call. I, I think we all have had a couple of those, right? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that one was a doozy. And, oh, man, that was not fun at all. Um, don't, yeah. Not going to go there, but I do like how I feel and my employees, I feel they're going to be safer getting close to, you know, edges or rolled edges versus a hard edge on a microfiber like the Oreo cookie. Um, 
even though it's really safe to use, it just, I don't know, I have some sort of trauma um, <laughs> and I'll pull it out when I need to. Yeah, I, I agree. So you always pull out when you need to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Zoom user Julio, uh, I know you're almost home by now. Do you got specs that you can talk to us about that uh, blended wool and, uh, and the wool pad that you have? Well, the, the, the ones that you're referring to, they're called uh, the Euro wool. So we have, uh, we have a white one and that gray one. I mean, the, the white one, it's 100% wool, but it's not twisted. And it, um, it's, it's what the, the proper name for it is. A, it's a stitched wool. Um, so when you say, when you hear stitched uh, wool, um, it goes through a process where it gets refined and it gets cleaned out so you don't get as much lint like a traditional, you know, those big eight inch uh, high speed, I mean, those big eight inch uh, wool pads that just shed like somebody just beat up a sheep in the shop. So these things will shed a lot, um, these things will, these pads are meant to like lint less. Um, they're meant to finish down further than a traditional wool pad. But the cool thing about the, these pads that we're designing, they're meant to, to work on all the machines out there. From a you know high speed buffer, you can switch it over to a you know to a gear driven DA, long throw, short throw, any machine. I mean, it's going to hold up. I mean, we uh, we we go through a lot of uh, testing, especially on the adhesive, so that thing never never comes apart. I mean, you can you can you can try to make that thing come apart on the on the backing, and I guarantee you, it's not going to come apart. You got to get it up to like over I don't know two hundred and something degrees. For it to come apart, we have like um, some torture test that uh, the production manager does in the warehouse um, to make sure it's going to work. And uh, I mean, I've seen other pads uh, that we test, and we're like, "Holy crap, this thing is just like it's like rock solid." So, like, if you guys ever get any pads that come apart, reach out to me, and I guarantee you. I mean, that's probably something that we messed up on because things happen. But I mean, I can tell you that Richard and his uh, adhesive philosophy is he doesn't want one pad to come back ever ever you know and i've been there for like 21 years and i don't even get any returns or any defects like even not even once a month i get it like every few months i get one or two here but it's mainly when like the uh, the end users using it wrong all right cool so all the right. um and then on the gray one it's a it's actually a wool blend it's got a proprietary blend so it's got 100% wool and it's got some other some other blends in there, but it goes through the same process as the white one. But it's kind of like sandpaper. You got your aggressive one and then you just work your way down. Nice. All right, I want to ask a, you know, kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier, Justin, real world question to uh, everybody and go around, um, you know, to the reflection guys and then we'll open it up to the rest of the community. Because, Justin, I was listening to one of the episodes that you had recently, and, and it was interesting from a, a coding brand that was putting in a training center. And they said, when you come to train with us to learn how to wipe on a product, the first step that you're going to have to do is learn correction. And it's just amazing to me um, how that part of the industry has changed. So I'd like to know from everybody, you know, especially with working with the pads and as, as great as and especially, you know, reflection artists and what you guys all do. You know, in real world, do you protect, I mean, sorry, do you correct everything that you protect, right? So 
every car that you put any type of protection on, do you always correct it before you put any type of protection uh, in the real world? Justin, is that a thing? So technically and professionally, as we spoke on earlier, <laughs> uh, the proper way to address that, I think, would be by saying there is some level of liquid abrasive that has to be applied to the surface to properly prep it. I mean, think about it. Your, your total process of decontamination to a vehicle's paint. You've got the, the wash, the, new, you know, the neutral wash, the clay, the iron fallout, anything else additional, and then neutralizing the surface and then boom, it's clean, it's decontaminated to that point. So the very last part to that puzzle would be some level of polishing, not necessarily to correct though. So technically you would be not a cleaner polish, although traditionally that's what you would call it. It would be more like a pure polish. That's something that won't compromise the bond of your coating to the painted surface. And yes, brush the surface to clean it with the liquid abrasives and the pad. That way it's surgically clean to say and ready to take on the coating. So you may not be doing it to correct. now. That part of that would come into what the customer's expectations are, how bad the vehicle's relevant condition is, and the options that you provide as the technician or business owner to that customer so you know what you can fix. That's that realm, yes, but everybody has different philosophy in regards to how they want to show people to apply a coating. So respectfully, that's just something that you know, maybe verbally gets gone over versus shown or taught, you know, based on what direction the time needs to go into for a training for whatever regimen that's laid out. But I think personally, yeah, there's some level of polishing. That's why we have restore and seal service because it's just to help restore the health and luster. And then we seal the surface. So it gives you all the prime prep work for proper adhesion of a paint sealant, a ceramic, whatever it may be. And that's bare minimum, clean, shiny, and protected, right? That's what a lot of these people are looking for instead of 20 hours of paint correction and all kinds of crap that goes into it to make it look perfect. And then boom, customer goes through a car wash a week or two later, a month later, I should say. Yeah, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah, great point. Kyle, what about you? When you put down any type of protection, do you always correct before? Uh, not necessarily. You're just like Justin was talking about. I, I generally like to do at least a primer or prep polish if that's what the customer's budget is, um, what they want, right? I'm not, I'm not going to correct something if I'm not getting paid for it. Uh, but if I'm going to correct something, I'm going to push them to a coating. I don't like to just do a correction and then put wax on it. I tell them, hey, that's just a waste. Let's, we need to put at least a basic coating on it. Um, here's the price for a coating. Uh, here's your options. But um, yeah, I do not correct and not coat, but I will do a prep, a prep polish. Um, and then I have those people that, you know, I can do a quick, like, like Justin said, a um, restore and seal. I can buzz over the paint. 20 minutes to do the whole vehicle just to clean it. We already washed it and clayed it, and I can put a one-year ceramic coating on it, be done in an hour, maybe hour and a half, and make between four to six hundred dollars, depending on the size of the vehicle, making good money. So yeah, not necessarily not necessarily do I want to correct everything. Honestly, 
I'm over correcting everything. Um, I want to make money uh, per hour and uh, I want to go home not hurting every day. And if a customer, you know, obviously manage those expectations, do a test spot. If they have any questions about flaws, give them their price. Um, and I know Alex has a very similar philosophy on, on that as well, because he's in an area where they have some trash paint. Okay. Yeah. I guess my, my bad, Alex, I, I, I forgot to go back to you because I don't know who you are. Uh, I guess I, I know the other guys, but he, I don't, he's I don't our know. Eskimo. He's our Eskimo from Alaska. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, then Alex chime in. What do you uh, correct everything that you protect? Our vehicles are so screwed up here that pretty much have to. Um, so I'll just see if I can show you this. So this little Subaru here, 30 miles on it, and it was hammered. We had to, we actually had to do a heavy one step on the whole thing just before we could coat it. So like everything that comes up here pretty much gets washed multiple times before it's even sold. So even brand new vehicles were, were you know, at least doing a, a prep polish. So, yeah. Okay. It's, Cool. Thanks. Uh, I'll go to uh, William and then Mark, I'll hop over to you. William, do you uh, correct everything that you protect? Um, no. So I'll piggyback a little bit off of what Justin and, and Kyle said. Uh, you know, that's why I feel like the communication always seems to be clear with your customer. What's their budget? What are their expectations? You always want to give them the best, but you're not going to give them the best if they're not paying for that. Right. So it's like down in South Florida, there's, you know, people may not pay $2,000 for a five-year coating and a full correction, but they'll pay 350 for a clay and seal. So it really depends on, you know, what the customer expectations and budget and make sure the communication is always clear with them. So what they're getting for what they're paying. Okay, great advice, great advice. Mark, Mark from Firehouse. Yeah, um, I hate to be the dead horse, but you know, like, like piggyback, you know, off those guys, but you know, um, we don't correct that well. I'll take that back. We do what we call an enhancement at least to uh, uh, before we, we put uh, any type of ceramic on anything. We're going to at least do an enhancement polish. Um, some might consider that a correction. Some some might not. But, I mean, that's what we feel like we're at least going to do. Uh, that way we can um, get the most gloss achieved out of the paint before we protect it with a ceramic and um, move up from there. But... We always give our, our customers an A, B, and C and let them choose what they want. Once they figure out which, which uh, service they qualify for, we'll set that expectation for that service. And then uh, always uh, under-promise and over-deliver. So yeah. with us, you're going to always at least get an enhancement. Yeah. Uh, th thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Because sort of the reason for those two questions was to kind of see a journey in a cycle, right? We, we saw a journey through pads and how it cycled back to, to wool. You know, as as we started to put on waxes and then sealants, we never, right? I don't ever remember putting on a sealant and making the customer, you know, at that time, as I posted a photo the, you know, last week using a cyclo, right? You know, using a cyclo to correct paint, you could do it, um, but you just didn't force somebody to do it before they got a, a, a sealant. And, you know, at that time, the best form of protection, you know, Teflon was coming out and, you know, and then they made people take the name Teflon off. But, you know, those type of, uh, you know, protection packages 
you never, at least I didn't, force somebody to, you know, at least polish or what well, we would at least do this, right? We never did that. Um, and it wasn't until Julio sort of said the similar thing, right? Like as the DA polisher came out, it it suggested to brands to change the way they were doing it, right? As coatings have come out, there's brands that have suggested the way detailers and and have sometimes mandate them on how they should operate. And sort of the reason why my question was to see that cycle going back, right? You know, as there's a lot more hybrid, uh, you know, sealant to, you know, ceramic type products, as there's more people, as Kyle said, you know, one year, uh, two year, instead of being, you know, up in that big five, seven year, where, of course, if you're going to put on that type of protection, um, you, you should correct the paint because you're going to be locking that in for that long a time. So to see the cycle and journey moving kind of a little bit backwards and changing back to the way I was, there's so much more, I think, people that are not fully, as I think almost everybody said, we're not fully correcting every vehicle. And especially if you're going to seal it, you know, but putting on a little polish, hey, that doesn't hurt at all. No doubt. You know, I've got a truck coming in tomorrow. Sorry, I got a car coming in tomorrow. And he wants, you know, the full blown. The truck that's coming in next week, Justin, you betcha, that's my favorite. It's a GMC, but it's the brown with metallic. And so when I asked the customer what he saw, he just said he saw metallic. You and I are going to see, right? We're looking at it in the sun. You and I are going to see everything else. And I asked him again. Now, if you look in the sun, you look really hard. What do you see? Oh, I see. A, I didn't think I liked brown, but I kind of do. And I just love that metallic. Okay. Well, I don't need to go through, right? I mean, I'm, he's going to get a two year. He's going to get hyper clean dose. I'm going to polish it. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not, why would I go through the painstaking work to correct it when he's not even seen and doesn't even care about it? He just likes his metallic bingo. I'm just going to enhance the metallic, make the metallic pop and then put down a, a protection over just doing a quick uh, polish. Kyle, what's up? Yeah, I was going to say, you brought up, a, you're going to polish it. You brought up something that I like to do. Being mobile, sometimes we we pull a polisher out just because it's the show. Because people want to see you touch their stinking car. Whether I take 10 minutes to buzz the whole car and my guy's wipe behind me, or I take eight hours to cut, polish, finish, or even longer, people want their car to be touched. They want it to, you know, it's, it's a show. And um, so... You know, if they're paying five, six hundred bucks for a service you can do in an hour, um, you may need to take an extra 30 minutes and uh, show them that you're doing something else to their car. Um, they feel they got their money's worth and, you know, you're making it pop a little bit. You're preparing the paint a little better. But yeah, sometimes it's just for show. Um, yeah. That's what that's why car washes have, you know, LED lights, right? Yeah. Well, that's why they, uh, it's, it's funny. I was talking to a car wash owner. It's been probably five or six years. And when Sonny's came out with those dryer uh, spins that come right and they, they basically it's microfiber, I think, or some certain foam that pulls the water off and it's this ultimate dry. He had to turn it off because he said so many people were complaining that the guys weren't out there wiping the car long enough, <laughs> you know? So you're right. Like some people just like to see you doing stuff um, for this guy. It was just, Hey, he wants his metallic. He loves metallic. Great. I just know that I can give it a good one-step polish. And I told him, I said, I'm going to do that so that your metallic shines better. Like, that's the reason why I'm going to do it. Not because you got all the scratches all over it. He doesn't see them. So, you know, it, 
as as we cycle back, I think there'll be a lot more people definitely in that shorter term protection, understanding that they don't have to correct just to put down a protection. Um, yeah, polish one step is, and we've seen these all in ones and everything start to regrow into, you know, speed into, you know, getting the car in and out, not sitting in a shop for four days. So, uh, I want to open up to the rest of the community and see what everybody's drinking. It's good to see some of the guys on Cody. Uh, I saw you sipping on a beer. What have you been sipping on? Tonight, <laughs> tonight we're sipping on a Labatt blue light, keeping it light. <laughs> nice i like it One of my favorite uh, do you, what pads do you use what do you uh typically go with uh, me mm -hmm. um yeah they were on a couple weeks ago my mind's going blank right now uh oberks yeah oberks like yellow one steps or uh i know i have a couple microfiber pads around I have a ton of pads that I've just tried over the years and I probably need to get rid of some cause I don't touch a lot of them anymore, but for heavy corrections, sometimes I'll break out wool. Um, but I came in late to this tonight. So I wanted to ask who's on and who, what are we talking about tonight? I know there was discussion of pads, but what specifically? Uh, so the guy driving over there, his name's Julio, the great one, Julio. Um, and then you've got some different people that, uh, are, are part of the reflection artist team. Uh, okay. Julio's with a company called Buff and Shine. Oh, okay. So they, they make pads. So you might have one of those pads that you're going to, you, you might be looking at, uh, discarding. You might want to check it first. Is it Buff and Shine? You might not want to discard it. Yeah. I don't think I've actually bought any Buff and Shine pads, but I'll, uh, listen some more and might have to try them out. All right. Uh, let, let me just see what Justin would recommend for you then. Justin, what, uh, what pad would you recommend from the ones that he just said he's been using? Uh, honestly, I would just tell him to try one of the reflection artist kits and go from there. I'm sure he'll find something he likes, if not all of them. Okay, cool. What is the reflection artist kit? It consists of uh, five pads that are exclusive for the kit, but some are existing. We've got three foam and two uh, fiber base pads. One's a microfiber, one's a wool blend. Kyle's actually grabbing it right now, but basically it allows you to be able to handle from finishing, polishing to aggressive compounding. And it allows you to work with all the different paint systems, all the different polishers. All you got to do is pick your favorite liquid abrasive and you can manipulate that abrasive just by going from the foam on up to the fiber base pads get more aggressive less aggressive whatever it may be that you need to achieve cool okay nice there you uh, go. yeah it's a good look at the pads mark appreciate the throwing out that in the kit uh brandon from tim's uh what's that kit cost real quick oh good question cost off top to be honest with you i'd have to look at my system Julio, uh, Julio might have Julio that is right the system. Out. It's about thirty-seven dollars or so. It's about forty, okay. forty-five bucks around there. Yeah. Thanks. Guys. Obviously, it depends if you're in Florida or in California because there's two different price points there. Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's a hundred bucks in California. Bingo! See, now we're talking. <laughs> Uh, Brandon from Tim's, uh, what's your favorite style of pad that you go with? Kitty. 
Um, I like uh, I like your pads a lot. Um, I also oh. usually go with like a, a Lake Country HDO, Rupes. You know, they're all good pads. All right. Have you experimented any with the Bump and Shine line yet? I have not. Well, there's uh, this usually, kit, and it, it yeah, has I just saw a, that. a couple different pads. It might be good to uh, play around with. Yeah, I usually find something I like and kind of stick with it, but uh, yeah, I might uh, might pick the kit up. Yeah, I, th I think that wool part is pretty interesting. Those two different types of, uh, of wool. Uh, was it white and blue? Is that right? Gray. Yeah, gray. white and gray, yeah. Yeah, I think that is definitely interesting. I'd be, I think that'd be really fun to play with, no doubt. Uh, Derek from DJD, what about you? You, you, uh, I think you're always into different pads and stuff, right? Is that a thing? Uh, I primarily use um of a, a, a Lake Country, uh, a lot of your pads, uh, but I have used quite a lot of the Buff and Shine pads. Uh, my favorite has been the Burgundy pad uh, that you guys have. It's funny because I actually use a lot of the pads in the Reflection Artist kit. But I've never actually bought the kit. But I have like uh, the yellow pad. I have the the blue, and I have the burgundy one. But that I use the burgundy five inch and the burgundy three inch. My little uh, three inch polisher, um, and uh, they've been good. I mean, as far as like one steps go, the burgundy pads. Yeah, I mean, they they when you first get them out of the package, you're like these things are pretty hard. Like they're not, but the finish I've been getting on the cards, you can literally just cut. You're finishing, and then you look at the paint, and you're like, "Oh, I'm done." Then you go to the next panel, like it's there. They just feel like they're a little deceiving when you first get them. I was like, oh, "This feels like real grungy," but that I like them. Yeah, but um, that's, what that's what I really love about the blueberry pad, right? And they have the same yes. foam. It's a really good foam. Uh, you can one you can one step all day long with that. Um, I really like. That's what I found that I enjoyed about that exact foam. I got a bunch of those. I love yeah. them. Yeah, that blueberry is a great foam. Uh, That's my favorite song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one random question. Um, so I was at a detail shop uh, today in South Jersey, and uh, they uh, got in the brand new Buff and Shine. Um, they were finishing uh, microfibers. Uh, I guess they just came out, and they were like, they're, they're, I'm not they're out yet, but he had a whole box, and he just handed me one I, and gave it to me and told me uh, they're going to be out tonight. Make sure you mention it to them. So I told him I was going to be out tonight with you guys. I can go grab it though. It's it's a brand new. It's like uh, it looks like it's a microfiber finishing uh, pad, but it's uh, it's, it's all black. It's a buff and shine pad. I got lost in that. Yeah, it's a buff and shine pad. I can Julio go. Julio looks go very back. confused though. I can go grab well, it. Uh, I, it it's not new. I think uh, I can't remember exactly when we launched it, but I think it was uh, I think it was at uh, 2019 SEMA. Um, really? Or 20, 2018. You talking um, about the finisher pad? Yeah, yes, it, the finisher um, pad. Yes, it's yeah, like the so, sister pad to the Eurofiber pad, though. The salt that was eighteen. Oh, okay, yeah, they said it. He said it was new, but he, he had a whole box. He just gave me one while I was there. Well, you yeah. know, it's like it's like those customers when they come to you and they have a push to start car and it's new to them and they're showing you how to start it. Oh, <laughs> you got to put your foot on the brake and then you push the button. I'm like, no, I'm like, I you don't need my keys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Derek, you sent me a photo earlier. You tried the hazy O from Dogfish Head. Oh, you mean you mean this? Yeah, it's good. It's it's smooth. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like it, it, mm, good, Marty. Good choice. 
Yeah, it's smooth, right? Very smooth. You don't taste any bitterness, um, but it's weird. I, I, so when I tagged uh, Dogfish Head, uh, you know, they reshared and we chatted back and forth for a little bit, which was fun. I told them I'd never write number four oat milk. I've never heard of a beer being brewed with oat milk, like the strangest thing to see on a beer. You can definitely taste it. I, I was like, it's a different flavor, but man, this is actually pretty, it's really good. Yeah, I thought it was going to be bad, but it's, it's good. I could use a little bit more of the hazy juiciness to it, right? Just a little bit of citrus to it. But a little yeah, bit more. Right. Yeah, it's, it's smooth and easy. Uh, Paul, uh, thanks for hopping on, man. Good to see you. Uh, do you use the Buff and Shine pads? Or are you into the system? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny that did uh, I think his name was DJ that was just talking. Derek, uh, I'm gonna uh, Derek. I'm gonna piggyback off of him, and I'm in the maroon pad. I think it's called the Eurotech. They they may be able to correct me, but the uh, the, the the one that's the single one uh, in the center of that kit, it's uh, maroon. That one, man, that's key. I, I use that one. I've got ten or ten or fifteen of them sitting in the garage uh, right now. And that is typically the one that I'm using. It's it's very universal because um, the question you asked earlier about do you correct every time? Um, I thought about that pad because the answer is no. Of course, it's situation dependent. But you know, anytime I'm going to do a coating, it's all about customer education and customer expectation for me. So I'm always you know trying to get a better understanding for what they're looking for. And almost nine out of ten times, they're just looking for an enhancement. Um, is what I would call it. And so I typically start with, uh, you know, test spot, of course, but I always end up with that maroon pad for some reason. So that's a really good one. I keep it on deck a lot. And if I got to do a little more aggressive, the other one that comes in that kit that I really like uh, is that um, the Oreo cookie. Uh, I think it's the uh, Euro fiber. fiber. There you go. Yeah, those those two are definitely money. And I, and I keep those. Um on deck for sure. Yeah. Justin, do you, when every time you hear the word enhancement, I always just kind of giggle inside. I mean, everybody years ago was correction, correction, correction. And, and you and I had a couple different episodes together. We, we really hounded in the need to not correct everything. And you really kind of started to push the envelope on uh, enhancing and changing the lingo into enhancement instead of correction. Um, I, I don't know. I just, when he said it, it reminded me of it. You said it earlier. A lot of people have said enhancement and I just always kind of giggle because it was, I mean, that would have been 2018 um, when we started talking about that. And here we are in 2021 still trying to push the agenda. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool. It's cool to hear it. It's cool to see it. It's cool to see the change. I mean, I think it's the, just the PTSD for when I was a kid, like five years old, reading my father's Playboys on the toilet. But I maybe not. I don't know. But it's, the word just pops in my head, so it works out real good. Enhancement with uh, <laughs> with Playboy. Yeah, there Mail were a couple things enhanced. <laughs> I was a little slow, and I had to talk myself through it. I was, I was like, all right, what are you trying to enhance there? Oh, you were looking at enhancement. You're enhancing something on yourself. Okay. Oh no. I mean, Derek just wants to know if you need knee pads for that because we know Alex does. Oh well, man. You guys see my new video I put up? You got a full <laughs> shot of my knees in there. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, what about you? Um, not buff and shine, Alex. Um, 
Uh, Alex, what about you? Uh, are you experimenting with pads? Do you stick with the pad? What, what's your system? What do you like? You do a lot of boats and things too. What do you, what do you kind of yeah, like so to I, go towards? I, um, as far as buff and shine, I, I do like the Eurofiber pad. I use that a lot um, for enhancements. Um, and the buff and shine, when I'm heavy cutting boats, that's all I use is their, their eight inch with a 1.5 inch, I guess you'd call it like the nap. Um, love them. I haven't found anything that works better. Um, I'm usually, I really like Rupes yellow pads. I don't really like their heavier stuff. Um, I use a lot of Lake Country wool, um, some of their heavier foam stuff. But I, I mix it up, Some sometimes different paint. You know, you could have one finishing pad from one company, one from another, one might work a little bit better. It, it all depends. Julio, do you like people to just stick with your line or do you guys kind of understand what's your company's aspect towards that as far as, you know, using other stuff or, you know, where, where do you, where do you guys fall on lean on that? Well, that would be the end goal, but you have to be realistic and our pads mix with the, the experience of the technician and the paint history of the car. It's not always going to work, you know, so they have to find what works for the situation and I'm, I'm perfectly fine with people using our stuff competitor stuff mixed you know because i mean mike phillip always says it says it well you know find what you find what what works for you and just you know use it you know so i mean i understand i mean but like i said the end goal would be that everybody uses buff and shine pads but that's never going to be the case justin you realize you got to come out with those one-liners now right like, because Mike mm, Phillips mm, is known mm, for having these one-liners that it's like, hey, Mike Phillips always says, da 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 da. da. So, like, you got to start doing your writing, your down your homework, and like remembering these one-liners so that you can throw. That's them why out. I said it. Yeah, and then we'll be like, there. Justin Lobato always says, da 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 da. <laughs> no, no I mean, chance. you just got to be a product of your environment. You know, you use what works best for you. You find what you like, and you move forward. And what makes you the money? So, I mean, do just like any company, does Snap-on want to be all the tools in your tool chest and your toolbox? Hell yeah, they do. But can they be? No. You know, not every, not every, everybody, you know, there's a lot of home runs in their lineup, but not every, every part of their lineup is a home run either. So in, in the full effect of everything, being a technician, you got to use what works, you know, we are proud to be in people's, if not the majority of people's arsenal when it comes to detailing. And that's the end goal, just being in their arsenal. And if they choose to roll with our, pro our pads or our products real deep by using everything, then that's even kudos to them or more so thankful that they did. But yeah, no, it's, you know, there's a couple things like with liquids. There's always options, right? And everybody's going to try stuff. And sometimes people just hit the mark. Hey, I like it. And just know when she hit the mark, you know, to pull out when you, at the right time. I think we already established that earlier. Uh, very important. Very important. Uh, Alex from Stellar, what uh, you got your hand up? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to add, like, it's tough. I'm, I'm a creature of habit. So if I find a good meal at, a, at a, like, a good restaurant, I tend to stick with it. Um, so I've experimented with so many different chemicals and pads. When I find stuff that I do like, it's hard for me to, to try other things to replace that specific pad, whether it's a fine, whether it's a wool or a finishing foam pad. 
Um, I, there's a lot of great options out there. So after this, I, I'm definitely going to pick up some more Buff and Shine stuff. I haven't been displeased with any of the products that I've tried. Um, but for people to get to like work with just one specific line, I, I think it's tough because like, like it was touched on, um, you know, a lot of companies have home run products, but I may not love every single product from that company. Yeah. So it's, it's all about, for me, I'm not like, you know, I appreciate the brands that provide us great products, but I'm not going to sell myself to that one brand. I'm going to find what works best for me throughout the different brands and I'll, and I'll kind of cherry pick what I like from each one and, and I guess put together my own system. Cool. I, I think that's probably common through most shops, you know, definitely. Uh, Kyle, I mean, do you find that in, in your world or do you strictly just use one pad line? You know, Cause it, it going, I think you're into boats too, right? And you mentioned campers, you're into some different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, um, mix up my, my liquids and, you know, for different companies and my pads, but doesn't necessarily mean it's one different brand. It's from different lines. So when I'm doing boats, a lot of times I'm using old school twisted wool buff and shine pads, but most people know, even know we have some of those, you know, the big eight inches and we even have some smaller ones down to like, I think they're like six and a half. Um, I tend to use a rotary and I like a smaller pad on my rotary um, when I'm doing a boat. And, you know, I was thinking earlier when Julio was talking uh, about the, the types of pads I've used, you know, probably at least 12 years ago, Buff and Shine came out with this microfiber pad. It was a black microfiber with an orange, like one inch thick um, interface. And I use that on RVs like crazy with a cleaner wax on a, on a dual action. It was killing it. I don't do as many RVs like that anymore. So I, I still have them in my arsenal um, and in case I ever ran into it. But um, I tend to mix up my liquids more though. I, I use everything from the last cut to some PNS, a lot of PNS except on the compound side. Um, and some 3D, um, I, you know, lots of stuff, 3M, wires, all that. I have it in my arsenal. So you, you do have your favorites and then you kind of try something new and you get the results and you kind of forget about your old favorites and you let them sit on the shelf until you run into that one situation where it's like, I have the fix for this. Um, and then you pray that you're, bottle of compound hasn't settled to the bottom and become hard as cement um because i've had that before but yeah there's there are many um great pads in the buff and shine system and lineup between the reflection artist line and euro tech euro cell and then our old school you know big ones and you know we got the big big ones too right <laughs> um so yeah i i do mix other things than just the reflection artist pad line because I do lots of different types of vehicles. <laughs> All right, uh, Julio, I'm curious, you know, as chemical liquid companies, a lot of times can get pretty competitive, definitely in the ceramic world, companies compete and they kind of, we take jabs, you know, there's all kinds of that type that goes on, right? What's it like inside 
the pad industry of, of our, of, you know, the pad world in our industry, because it seems like, right. As people have mentioned, there's really only a handful of pad companies that are out there. You know, is that a lot of hi there, buddy? Or is it more of like, get the fuck away from me type of deal? What, how's the, how's the camaraderie, you know, inside the pad world? Um, I mean, there's, I mean, you haven't heard of any, any like uh, bad situations. I mean, I think we all get along well. Um, but um, are you talking about just the pad companies and like that are around? Yeah. Yeah. Just between I mean, you and all the other, like the different companies yes. that have been mentioned, you know, like do you guys, do you ever talk with the, you know, the other companies do you guys ever associate or, you know, is it always just, they stay in their lane, you stay in yours, you know, if you see them at an expo or do you guys have, you know, Hey, how's it going? No, it- I mean, I think many, many years ago, I don't know, it used to be like that, but now it's kind of like, you know, it's, we're trying to grow as an industry. So, you know, I talk to people at Rupes. I talk to people at Lake Country. I talk to people, you know, from different, different parts of, of the world that make pads, you know? So, I mean, to me, it's, I mean, I get, I try to get along with everybody, you know, but, um, but like I said, back in the day, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, it was a whole different story. You know, it was like, dude, why is he over here? What's he looking at me for? And this and that. But, you know, I think those, those are, those, those, uh, those times are way behind us, you know, cool. and apologies for the background noise. Uh, I just got home and there's like two twins running around looking for me. So watch yeah. out. <laughs> I, I was, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you how, how they're doing. I haven't seen a photo on social in a bit, but I, I haven't been stalking you since, you know. Yeah, no, I get home usually way. and then I just try to do what I can with them and tuck them in and then just do it again because I got a short window with them every day. Yeah. Because, you know, two at a time is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Pass for me. I'll pass on that. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, I'll be back over in your world uh, as my, you know, we call them the blondes, not twins. They leave the Jacksonville area where was getting really used to being over there in Jacksonville, uh, firehouse detail supply. Uh, but the girls have moved back now to, uh, California. So they're at uh, camp Pendleton area, kind of more up, uh, okay. so that kind of Southeast of LA, but still kind of over by you, I think. Right. Yeah. It's about two hours, an hour and a half South and buff and try. Yeah. So when they were there first, right. That was, uh, in 17, I came out to visit you and took a little tour walk yeah. through the halls, sit in your office for a little bit. You gave me about two minutes. And you're like, bro, get out. I'm busy. I was like, Hey, no <laughs> problem. Great Julio. No, yeah, man. Like just... you, you sat there and chatting with me for a bit. I really respected it. Uh, walked me through, showed me all the different stuff. I walked outside and you showed me all the different stuff that you guys had going on there. Big pallets of stuff. I think the interesting was walking through the halls though. Um, the amount of women on the wall at Buffenshine is very, very impressive. And we're talking old school women with these big ass, huge polishers, rotary polishers, holding these up with like, that was definitely like in the seventies or eighties type of uh, swimming yeah. suit on. And I think they were even in high heels too. Right. I mean, it was, yeah. it, it, it's the way it was. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it's funny The the last poster that we did like that, uh, it was uh, the 2000 um, Richard, the owner and his wife, they they went through a model agency and then the last model they got i mean she was very beautiful um after that i don't know if it was a few months later or maybe a year later she was actually one of uh, hugh hefner's girlfriends you know so i'll see if i remember to take a picture of it uh, tomorrow and send it to you so you can take a look at it yeah i'll post it up then i can go join justin sitting in the toilet 
<laughs> we can look at it. I'll send it over to you, Justin. Yeah. Now we got some other posters in the hallway with Justin and everybody from Air Force One all over the hallway too. So, um, oh, you replaced it with dudes? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. What the hell? No, they're still, they're still. The girls are still there. Okay, still good. On the wall. Good. Yeah. Good. I enjoyed looking at them in their old style of stuff. Like it, it's cool to see women in different parts of you know looking at them through the, the different transitions as as they cycle through. You know, it's yeah, it's definitely interesting to see. Um, Derek, I think it's time. I think it's time. So everybody above and shine, welcome to the tab out question of the night. If you've ever been at the bar drunk, hopefully you've been at uh, Justin's bar spending a lot and sitting there at closeout time. Um, if you've ever been there at closeout time, you'll know that uh, there's a drunk guy into the bar that asks the most random questions for us. That's Derek. And uh, he's got the tab out question of the night. But before you do, apologies. I'm really sorry, Nick. Every time I kept trying to come look at you, you were gone. Uh, what what was cooking with Nick tonight? Because I, I just, I never okay. could get back to you. Man, good time. Good timing. It, you just came off. Also, to all the Buffington guys, hello. My name's Nick. Um, I got to try some of your products. I'm not going to lie. I've heard about you all the time. I got to try some. I'm going to I'm gonna snag some soon. Next time I eat some pads, you're on my list. Regardless, cooking with Nick, we have pork, gnocchi, and zucchini tonight. Um, How'd you do your pork? It? Sear it? On the grill. Oh. Ooh. Added some borson cheese, which is like, I don't know, some kind of soft cheese um, with chives and herbs. And then a little uh, lemon pear, like jam on top of that. Some gnocchi, just cook that, boil it, and then throw it in a skillet to sear it. It'll get a, get a little crisp on it. Zucchini. Yoki is like, an, uh, is that like a potato, right? Yeah. Is or what? What's a, what's yoki specifically? Yoki is, it is like potato and flour rolled together into a dough, and then you roll it into like the little tiny bits, you know, little tiny potato things. And I mean, like the Italians, they just boil them, you know, like it's pasta. I like to boil them and then throw them in a skillet to get a little crisp on them but yeah it's, it's just like pasta and it's like potato potato and flour pasta basically little dumplings okay cool man looks good thank you all right derek what is the tab out question of the night all right guys so uh like marty was saying that a weird question to get at the end of the night but uh what's the worst text you can receive from your drunk X. Oh. Uh, so I had one after I got married that a girl that I dated previously, she moved away and came back. And I apparently she drunk text me early in the morning. I never saw it, but I guess my wife at that time, she saw it. And that next morning I, I got a handful. Uh, it, apparently it was something I should have read. So I didn't get to read it. That was probably the worst one that I've gotten from an ex because I got my ass handed to me that that next day because apparently she was trying to do something with me at 2 a.m. And, I, you know, well, I mean, that's the worst because, right, I mean, she was hot and I missed out, but I was married. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, uh, that was the worst thing for me. All right, let's go around the room. Uh, I'll start with the Buff and Shine crew. Um, well, actually, I'll get lost. Let me stay with the way I normally do it, and I'll go through my uh, transition. So I'm going to start up here and go with Alex from Stellar. What's the worst text you've gotten from a drunk ex? 
I haven't I haven't really got any real bad ones. Usually usually they want inappropriate things. <laughs> um, I don't know. Actually, actually the worst was probably we had broken up and then she texted me drunk. I was out plowing snow and she texted me drunk from her friend's house that she wanted me to pick her up. And then like we ended up back together for a little bit. So the, I guess the result of the text was worse than than the text I've gotten. Well, you were snow and plow. Wait, well, no, nothing exciting. Plow and snow, and then you decided. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I thought I thought he was gonna say, yeah. She texted me and told me I had to come over and plow her, and I was just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, oh no, that's that goes without saying. <laughs> I know. I thought you were gonna say you were you were snow plowing, and then she said you need to put on knee pads and get over here. That's what I thought. She was gonna say. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, Alex, you that's, what? What kind of what kind of girl is a different it? show? You gotta keep his knees. Oh yeah, the knee pads are gonna continue on for as long as we can do it. Definitely. Oh yeah, that's that's not gonna die. Oh, I'm the, I'm that's wearing them every day. Every bit of time I wear them, I'm gonna send Marty pictures. So I sent them actually, last time. actually, you know what's funny? There's a there's an ex that's probably there's a, there's an ex that's probably watching us right now that would love to get me in a set of knee pads. Oh no. <laughs> All right, Mark from Firehouse. What's the worst text you've gotten from a drunk ex? Hmm. I've never really gotten a text from a drunk ex. Hmm. This person was, sounds was around there, right? What's that? <laughs> he said texting wasn't around then. <laughs> oh, no. Probably was. I don't think it was. <laughs> Back when we have the <laughs> right. Oh, oh man. Uh, all right, Kyle, what about you? Do you get any drunk texts from X? No, but I would, I, I haven't. But you know what would be the worst text would be, Will you detail my car? Yeah. Or detail her? Or how, how much for a BMW? It's like, it's like, all right. Especially if she was drunk, because most likely you'd be cleaning up after that. So. That would that would suck. Good point. Good point. All right, Cody. You know, you know what's funny? I've had girls from Tinder. I've had girls from Tinder hire me to detail detail their cars because that's the only way they could get like my time. So I've actually profited from that. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely Good done. Job. Oh. Did you wear knee pads? <laughs> Cody. What about you? I have never really received I, a drunk I, text. I did not. <laughs> no drunk text from you, Cody? No, I can't say I have. I, uh, I don't have many exes, honestly. I've been locked down for a lot of years now. No worries. No worries. That's probably a good thing. Uh, what about Mr. Laura? Uh, William, what about you? Uh, I don't put myself in that position. An ex is an ex. I ghost them. And I don't have that issue. The only late night texts I get is from either Mark or Kyle asking where my name is. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Shots fired. Oh, no. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Derek, <laughs> you had the question. What's your answer? Uh, come on, Cody. I don't really. I've been locked down for a while now. I think me and Dan have been together like 12 years. So I've been uh I've been pretty good. 
Um, as far Pretty as good. like worst texts. <laughs> oh yeah, we're great. She's in the other room. She's happy. So, so. But uh, I think uh, some of the worst texts you get is uh, my favorite is uh, please don't be mad. And then you when you're on iPhone, you got the little dot 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 dot, and it just like the typing, and you're just staring at the phone going like, what's what's about to happen? What's about to happen? You know, and then you don't get anything for like an hour, and then you get find out, and it's like not that bad, but you think think of the worst thoughts. It could be terrible. I'm with you. Those little dots are bad. They are. Uh, hey, Zoom user. <laughs> Julio. I love it. Your name is Zoom user. Julio, uh, have you gotten any drunk texts from an ex? No, I've been happily married for over 16 years. So, you know. So Kyle was right for you, definitely. It was uh, before your time. Yes, I'm talking to you, baby. Yeah. Uh, they used to get drunk good. smoke signals. Is that what you said? <laughs> Little tap taps on the Morse code. That's how you got your drunk text. What are you sipping on? I can't read it. It's a German beer. It's a Bitburger it's a Pilsner. Oh, Ooh. good. Yeah. You don't really see many German Pilsners. You're right. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, Pretty good. Dave, what about you? Uh, why don't we do this? The rest of the people, if you've gotten a drunk text, that might be easier. Anybody gotten a drunk text from an ex? All right, John from Ride and Shine. What's been your drunk text from an ex? Oh, you're on mute. Oh, I'm muted. Mute. Hold on, let me ask oh, to unmute. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there yeah. we go. So I, I didn't have the bad one. I had the best one uh, where my ex about four months after uh, divorced, I'm pregnant. And she was pregnant. And uh, it wasn't mine. So I didn't. Yeah, that's never good. The test results determined that was a lie. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's definitely not a good one to get, whether drunk or sober. Uh, hey, we need to talk. All right, coming in right at the end. Perfect timing, Chris. Good to see you. We've got the tab out question of the night. I'm so glad you hopped in. This is perfect timing for you. We know you got a good one. Uh, what is the, the worst drunk text you've gotten from an ex? Uh, oh boy, Jesus, I, on the spot. Good Lord. Yeah, um, you hopped right into it. I love it. Good Lord. Well, I, I, I've never gotten one. I've only had one girlfriend prior to the wife. <laughs> so I strike out. Yeah, that's what we found. Most people did, hadn't gotten one. So, but, uh, we had a couple decent ones. Uh, we found out that, uh, we've got some smoke signals that were given back in the day, some tapas with the, uh, SOS, you know, trying to help, uh, Brandon, uh, Justin, anybody got any more No, Justin, you've gotten some from the bar. I know. I wouldn't say from the bar, but I mean, <laughs> not, not I've your been, bar, but, no, but I know. Yeah. Bar. I mean, I mean, I've been married. 13 years but prior to that yeah i would say the 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 whole i miss you let's try again it's like no you're an ex for a reason yeah that's about the extent of it so yeah worst text i would say that would probably be the worst text is it's like you're still on the tip get away please go bye 
yeah but that's the, <laughs> i don't have nothing else there nothing negative nothing crazy uh, no i think i, I want to sign in real quick hmm. uh, yeah. i just wanted to clarify something as we can all see mark's background mark has an uh, unhealthy obsession with me um <laughs> he seems to love me a little too much but i just wanted to clarify that so you guys can know yeah <laughs> i think we all know that already uh mark do you want to explain your photo no he doesn't william likes to take pictures yeah. of men so on william always has to take a selfie with his wife so i had to dress it up one day and send it back to him <laughs> looks good looks good nicely done william nicely done Guys, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for hopping on. Definitely, Chris, man. Really appreciate, uh, really appreciate your time. <laughs> uh, Julio, man, uh, as you were driving and, and coming, at, you know, out to the home, man, we'll let you get to your kids, man. Thanks for hopping on and thanks for the info. Justin, it was great to talk to you earlier today. Thank thanks you. Thanks for hopping on uh, tonight. Mark, Kyle, uh, all the different crew, uh, William and Alex from the Reflect Reflection Artist Live, guys. Thanks so much for hopping on. Cody, good to see you. Thanks, Dave, good to see you, man. We didn't hear from you tonight, but uh, good to see you. Hope all's well. Brandon, it's too. always great. John, thanks for hopping on at the end. And uh, Nick, enjoy your dinner, man. It looked awesome. Have a right, good guys. night, guys. Have a great right, night. Take care, fellas. Nice seeing you, everyone. Good night, everybody. Have a good one, guys. <clears throat> much for listening to that episode and if you got any value out of it hey go share it go let people know what you heard on the pints of polishing podcast and listen if you want to leave us a review we would love that you know five star one star hey whatever you think we deserve if you would leave us a review greatly appreciate that and thank you so much for being a part of community Ooh. 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 Ooh.